0: Hello and welcome to the next in my series of studies in John's Gospel. I don't know what makes your perfect home. We were thinking of this about this in our All Together service last Sunday. What is it that is a perfect home for you? Is it in the countryside or in a town? Is it by the sea or near mountains? Would you rather have good neighbours or a good view? But particularly, what is it that placed in your home makes it feel your home? Is it a bed? Is it photos of the family? Is it having the family around you? Is it something that you've inherited that wherever you go, that speaks of home for you? Every home is different. We all have different things that for us make us feel safe. A home is a place where we, we go back to, and we're safe. And if I asked you, what you where you thought God's home was, You might say, well, it was a stable, but that wasn't really his home. That was where he was born, and he may have lived there for a few days, even a week or two, but it wasn't his home. But it does tell us something about God. It may be that you might say God's home is uh, a workshop, a carpenter's workshop, because Jesus came and lived for many years uh, as a carpenter. It may be that you would say heaven is God's home, that God lives in heaven. And there's an element of truth within that. But there's also a remarkable concept, which is that God wants to make his home in us, in our hearts. His home is within a believer. Well, let's try and work out how we get to that point. We're in John chapter 14, where Jesus is talking about him about to leave, uh, about to die in the next few hours. And he's talking about another person as him coming to help them, the Holy Spirit. He says that he will live. And because he lives, they can know a joy-filled life. These are all previous talks that we looked at. We talked about living in in jesus and he says that uh, on that day you'll realize i'm in the father and remarkably he says you are in me and we talked about being changed from within as he comes within us he says he will show himself to them by his spirit and we asked ourselves how does how can jesus reveal himself to us and that's where we pick it up in John 14, where Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, but Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Now, that is a really good question. Why was Jesus talking about, after his death, after his resurrection, revealing himself by his Holy Spirit to the disciples but not to everybody. Why doesn't Jesus just say, here I am miraculously risen from the dead throughout all history. Every human being sees this uh, risen Jesus, bows before him and worships him. Why does Jesus only come in his spirit form to the believer? Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. He's saying, look, I'm not going to force myself upon people. I want people to already love what I'm about. And then my spirit will come and live within them and reveal who I am in greater depth to them because it's what they want. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. He says, look, if you really believe in what I'm about, you'll obey my teaching. We've looked at that in previous talks. It's about loving Jesus, loving God, loving our neighbor. My father will love them, he says, and we will come to them and make our home with them. And we're going to come back to that phrase in a few moments. Anyone, he continues, who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the father who sent me. So. Those who don't love Jesus, don't want his ways. And because that's their choice, they don't want a life of love. They don't want to serve and care for other people. They don't want to forgive and be merciful. They don't want to live in truth and integrity. Because that's their choice, God's spirit doesn't come to live within them. He doesn't reveal himself in that internal and new way. He waits for the invitation, for the choice, for the acceptance. But the Holy Spirit will come to those who want Jesus in their life. He says, After I've spoken all this, I've spoken while I'm still with you. But the advocate, the helper, the one who draws alongside the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. So the spirit is going to come on those who love Jesus, who are saying, Jesus, I want to live your life. Lord, I want to follow you. I want to be your disciple. I want to uh, seek and to save the lost. I want to live a life that is Christ-like. And he says, then I will pour out my spirit into you. And he says, we will come and make our home within you. Who's the we? Jesus and the father live within the believer by the spirit. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit, the Trinity, all one. We're not indwelt by three different things. It is the Father who lives within us. It is Jesus who lives within us. It is the Holy Spirit who lives within us. They're all the one and the same God living within us. How does the Father live within us? By his Holy Spirit. How does Jesus live within us? By his Holy Spirit. And I want to draw out six things that uh, help... That, that, that I think are, are significant about this idea because it is a remarkable concept. The people who were hearing these words were familiar with the idea that God lived in a temple. He lived in a building at the heart of Jerusalem behind a curtain. He lived in a place of holiness and sanctity. He lived in a special place, and only the high priest on special occasions could go into that holy of holy places. They felt God dwelt in, uh, amongst them, but removed from them. And the idea that God should dwell within a human being, as we've said on many a times, was unbelievable. As Paul says, that we should be temples of the living God was incredible. Blasphemous, still is blasphemous to other religions. That God who is pure and holy should live inside human beings who have impure thoughts and actions. But it is God who wants to live within us. So six things that come out of that idea. The first is permanence. He says, not that I will come and visit you, not that I will come and stay with you, not that I will pop in and out when you're behaving well. He says, I will make my, or we will make our home with you home permanent we only have one home it is our permanent place of residence God has said never will I leave you never will I forsake you the language of God dwelling living making his home inside our hearts when we invite him in is the language of permanence he has bought us if we are a house he owns the deeds to us he has bought us with the precious blood of Jesus shed on the cross. And when we give him the deeds to our lives, our building, when we say, Jesus, come into our lives by your Holy Spirit, he doesn't leave. He's there. We may kick him out of a, of a particular room. We may lock him away in the cellar, but we cannot change the ownership of the building. So that God makes his home within us is firstly a sign of, Of permanence. Secondly, it—he makes us fit for him to live with him. When you move into a house, you may well feel that you need to do a thorough clean, and certainly a redecorating. Perhaps new carpets. Perhaps there's the smell of smoke, or there's there's things that you've. A dirty. You make it fit for you to live in. You put in your furniture, your carpet, your decorations, you clean it. And God is the same. For him to come and live within us, he makes us clean. He washes us. He takes away the stuff that is unworthy of his presence, the stuff that is damaging and hurtful and selfish, the regrets, the shame. He takes all of that and he take, puts it on the cross and he washes, he cleanses us. He makes us fit to be his home, it's, uh, we are put right with him. You were washed, sanctified, uh, Paul tells us in Corinthians. And the third thing is that our home is a place of value, that he calls you and I his home, shows how much we mean to him. In Corinthians chapter three, Paul says, don't you know that you yourself are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? And then he says this, and if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. We have a value. We are worth the death of Jesus. He loves us. We're significant. We're important. And therefore, anyone who hurts or damages us, there is a consequence to that because we matter, that he chooses to describe his relationship with us as being us being his home, where he feels he belongs, where he wants to be. And that's my fourth point, that he is saying, I want to be in your life. I want to be with you. I want to be at the very core of your being. I want to be in your heart. We are chosen, called people. That we might declare his praises, as Peter says. He called us out of darkness into light. It is what he wants. He doesn't just say, Oh, it looks like I've inherited Donald. He wants me to be his king. I'll have to have him as one of my citizens. No, he's saying, I want Donald. I want Donald to uh, uh, come to me. I want to be in his life. I want to be at the heart of his life. I want to be a part of everything that he is doing. I want relationship. And when we go and visit folks in their homes, we often learn lots about them by the way they have decorated, the things they have on the shelf, the, things, the books they have, or the DVDs they have lined up on the shelf, the, the way they've uh, used decorations. We learn something about a person. And we transform a building to our character. And God is the same. He transforms, he decorates, he puts his personality into his home. And his personality is described as love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Galatians 5:22 and 23, the fruit of the spirit. This is what he puts up around the building that he's going to live in. This is what he creates within us. This is the fruit that his presence within us produces. And this is what we say to God, Lord, bring it on. Make me like these things. Show these things within me. We want to be like Christ. We want to become ever more Christ-like. As he fills us, we want to take on his nature, his characteristic. He is loving and joyful and peaceful and patient and kind and good and gentle and self-controlled. Therefore, We want that within us. And when he comes to live within us, that's what begins to come out. And lastly, God being at home within us means that we are the place where people can come and meet God. Uh, You want to go and visit someone, you go to their home. How do we know what God is like? How will we see God? How will the world know who Jesus is? Paul tells us, You are the body of Christ. We are the place to meet God. People will see God when they see us, we pray and trust. Or they'll be put off God if we have hidden his image within us. So we have a responsibility to speak and act as he wants us to speak and act. To reflect him. We are the visible representation now of God on earth. Not as individuals, but as a collective community. Many bodies making one body. Many temples making one temple. The Father and the Son by the Spirit come to live within us that the world may see the love and grace and mercy and truth and compassion and generosity of God. We are a place to meet God. So some questions for reflection. Firstly, how does being the home of God transform our self-esteem? When we are tempted to be down on ourselves, when we feel ashamed, when we hear voices within our hearts saying we are useless or unworthy or stupid, The fact that God says now, you're my home, how might that transform how we perceive ourselves? And secondly, how might that transform our behavior? And the way we seek to interact with others around us at work, in the community, in our families, amongst friends and church. How does it affect our relationships How are we going to be as God is, to behave as he would do, to do what Jesus would do in every situation because he is within us by his spirit. And so those prompts, whether we call it our conscience or whether we call it something else, the way in which he's directing us, are we cooperating with that? How does that affect our ambitions? Lastly, our goals for life, we are his possession. We are his temple. We are his home. How does that affect what we want to do with the breath that he's given us for the next few years before we go into glory? What is it that God would have us do as his home, his dwelling place? Let's pray together. Lord, we marvel that you would choose to call us your home. We thank you that you live within us by your Holy Spirit. And we ask you to come again and fill every room within us and transform us that we may be fit for you. Wash and cleanse us of all that is unworthy. Redecorate us with all that is of you and show yourself to the world through us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.